welcome to D and D, the dinner party role playing podcast. I'm your host and dungeon master James Gressel, and with me, as always, are some fun people. Say hi, fun people. Hi, hola. Before we pick off right where we left off, let's have some dinner. James is eating right now. So good. <laughs> uh, we had some vegetarian shepherd's pie today and some salad. Dude, not only was it vegetarian, but what I thought were mashed potatoes were actually cauliflower. <laughs> It was amazing. Puree cauliflower is very good. It sounds gross in theory. If you don't like cauliflower or you think it's weird because it's white or whatever, puree the cauliflower. It's very good. It can be good rice, too. That's true. If you have a ricer. What? What? How do you rice it? Yeah, what the fuck? There's 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 like a lever-based machine tool called a ricer. I prefer my pulley-based machine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, all the kitchen-based pulley machines. Can you slap chop a cauliflower into rice? Oh my god, slap you, I guess chop. you could. <laughs> but a ricer like pushes it through like a pr- it's like a giant uh, garlic press basically. Okay. Oh. That's interesting. Like a Play-Doh Dude. extruder. Excuse yes. Me. All right, so you cross over the road and you continue cross country up the foothills in towards the mountains. And as you guys climb higher, the terrain grows more and more rocky. You were in a lightly wooded grassy kind of area, but still there were a lot of trees and now you're starting to get to where the grass Grasses are giving way to more rocks, more moss, less grass and heather. The trees are turning into bushes and, and shrubs, and there's not as much cover around where you guys are now. You're kind of in like foothills. So there's the occasional like boulder, but you kind of feel more exposed than you had before. And Juno, you feel your orc sense, not quite the edge, like closer than the five miles or whatever bullshit you can sense. You know that there are a lot of orcs in the direction that you guys are heading. And you climb uh, for the rest of the day, and then you rest that night. So everybody heal up, replenish your spell slots. You make camp near a cool mountain stream that Koyrum tells you a kind of tributary uh, flowing off of this big lake that is at the base of the place that you're going to. The, the beacon, the grove uh, of the rock that you're trying to get to is in this big spire, he tells you, of rock jutting out of this lake. It's like a really tall island. Kind of like uh, Casterly Rock, but not as massive. And you rest. Juno, are you going to wash your orc blood off your face or are you going to keep it? Because I'm curious what Juno would decide to do with this spray of orc blood. For Juno, it's more about the experience of getting it on him than keeping it. So he's going to go and wash off his face. Uh, I think he was wearing that robe of animal friendship we found so he's kind of like gonna get that in the water too get the blood off of it any special things weird things that you guys not weird oh margin's naked okay <laughs> like margin like saw bathing the... uh-huh is... okay. she saw the lake just didn't look at anybody took off all of her clothes and jumped in okay. or the river it's very cold uh. so i'm gonna just roll a constitution check we don't use these a lot but nine nine okay how long do you stay in <laughs> Not very long. Okay, yeah, it's like a shock. You're like, ah! You're like shocked by the cold and you run out to the bank, so now you're naked on the bank. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Never look better. (laughs) (laughs) Just anybody reacting to naked margarine? (laughs) Like wringing out my hair. (laughs) Juno's wide eyed and and staring. (laughs) (laughs) She's, guys, she's so old. (laughs) Like, this is a raisin woman. <laughs> I like to think I didn't even notice she was naked at first because she's so like foldy. And stuff. Oh. And I was like, oh, she's still got her jacket. Oh, no. Oh, it's no. Like her <laughs> Where'd you get that leather jacket? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just like a hairless cat. Unfazed. Yeah. Never, like, all he puts her clothes back on. He was drinking from the river and he looked up at <laughs> looked up at Marjorie and then stopped she, drinking. She locks eyes with Pete <laughs> until he looks away. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, I have on. a question. Yeah. I'm like looking at should I have I just have amulet written down. What did was I ever told what that did? I don't think you told me. Cool, what cool, it does. cool. I did not. Okay, cool. So the next day you set out and you traveled the rest of the way through the foothills. So you're still climbing higher and higher and the path that you're taking narrows and now you're walking between like craggy, small chunks of rock. You're walking through basically like narrow canyons. And when you're not between two cliff sides, basically, a cliff side opens up to your side below you and you're looking down off the side of like a mountain. And this okay. continues as you wind your way up where you're either between rocks, sandwiched between rocks or rock and a fall to your death. And when you get up to kind of this level, Koirim kind of speaks up from the back because he's walking in the back. And he says that you're getting real close now. We'll probably reach the, the beacon today. But I have to warn you that uh, there's stuff up here that's not friendly. It's not evil. But um, the this, this scars, and he like indicates the scars on his face. These aren't from battle. Last time I was up here, I came upon a wyvern nest. Claire, nobody notices them. Don't worry about it. Because I'm really self-conscious about them. I know they make me look cool, but like, I just want you, like, I feel... Honestly, I never saw them until you just pointed them out. I did notice them, but I also thought they made you look cool, so... Ditto, they're they're very cool. So I probably should have just kept that one to myself. No, we we, we do not judge you. Okay. Just watch out for for wyverns. And then there's like a screech in the distance and he's like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) So then he's like, so maybe you guys go first. I'll be right behind you. And then you keep walking. So you walk for another couple hours climbing up the mountain and there are some points where you have to actually climb. Not difficultly, so we're not going to like roll checks or anything. And there are some points where stairs are kind of carved into the rocks. After a certain point, you start to hear a a roar. Not like an animal roar, but like a loud noise. And you come around kind of the crest of a a little hill. And when you reach the top of this hill, Fletch and Zabbos, who are the tallest, can see over the rocks that are guarding the path and you see the spire of rock that you guys are trying to get to and behind it a waterfall and it's gorgeous it's a stunning sight it's this huge pillar this cylinder of rock that's jutting out from this lake and this waterfall that's crashing over it is probably a hundred yards high it's this massive waterfall that's careening out of this mountain stream and beyond it still are mountains even higher you're kind of stunned for a second just by the natural beauty of this place but Koirum kind of pauses with you and notices that you guys looking at this is like yeah it's gorgeous but there's bad stuff in there if they've taken control of it there's some really serious inside that we're gonna have to face come on we still have a ways to go really the only two that can see it because we're you, the, you oh, three. tall rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you three. Even Juno isn't quite tall enough to reach over it. Marjorie's used to this. <laughs> <laughs> After another hour or so, Koyram stops you and he says, just around this corner, we'll be able to see in full view the entrance to the Grove of the Rock where the beacon is. There's a series of standing stones and that's the beacon itself. The magic that those stones kind of collect is part of the network that protects the whole forest. There's only one way in or out that we know of, and it's a bridge from the mainland here out to the island. We'll be very exposed on that bridge to attack, so I'm not really sure what to do. Is it like a suspended bridge or is it a bridge across like water? It's, it's, a, it's a wood bridge. 
built out of like the same you know magic wood that all of our cool shit is built out of it's very old and very special we won't have any problems of it supporting our weight or it being rickety or whatever we're just going to be very exposed margin crosses her arms and is like well zabas have anything for this after all of his research <sighs> wait how are we traveling again are we on a wagon do we have a wagon no. 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 We don't. We just climbed this. I just want to, like, just oh, so yeah. I can picture yeah. it. Is the bridge, like, we have to go up to get to the bridge? Or is the bridge, no, like, so, on our level? Like, so the bridge is, like, on, our, on your level now. Okay. So where you are is you're about to come out of a rock path. Okay. So the right now where you guys are, you're kind of hunkered behind a rock that is currently blocking your view from the tower. Mm-hmm. But when you peek around this rock, you can see the rest of the path that curves around the kind of lake, and it's like a cliff down to the lake. Mm-hmm. So you're probably like 50 yards high of a cliff down to the lake. Okay. And then another 50 yards up from that is where the waterfall is. And the waterfall is around the side of this path. You could walk around to the waterfall, but that's where the path seemingly ends. And then between the waterfall and you, you see the bridge or what's left of it when you peek around the side where the bridge should be you see the wood side on the mainland side and then the wood portcullis and entrance on the tower but in between it looks like it was destroyed it's all jagged there's a big empty gap and it doesn't look like there's an easy way to get across this gap all we gotta do is find the grown-up version of the horse that we met as children what and then get on that and then ride what? into the bridge and then jump t- the bridge. What? what? Margin, are you all right? So, uh, sorry, I'm totally confusing this with a story that I read years oh ago about an ocarina. And, <laughs> oh. Oh. It's oh, fine. Yeah. No one got it. It's fine. <laughs> I'll shut up. <laughs> well, I could offer an alternative. We could put everybody in a bag, in the magic bag, and then and just throw, throw it. it. <laughs> or, or we could use the climbing goo we could do, go down to the lake and climb up from there with all but one of us in the bag i like the climbing salve trojan sack idea who is the best of us okay, at climbing me, and acrobatics oh God. i feel I mean, like not I, the gnomish bard this feels like i had like a class today and i skimmed the reading <laughs> and i'm like i oh let me go through my notes i was doing research talk amongst yourselves yes. and let's see if i have anything mm-hmm. here Hey, Flack. Yo, while they're looking at the books, yeah, I I wanted to talk with you. I know that you aspire to to appear as a, an orc hunter for Genevieve. Yeah. But I thought that if you haven't had experience with orcs, that I could give you some advice. Sure. What's up, man? feel uh, like uh, this being your obsession and all, you can maybe give me a few good tips. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you can see, the area around us now is actually their favorite country. They, oh, is they, it? They don't like living, growing things. They like rocks, flatlands, mountains. See, the way you phrased it just feels like really just biased. I have me. theories. Can I just like do it? Like, I just want to observe what's around us. Sure. You can roll either perception or insight okay. if, if, for anything that isn't immediately obvious, which is okay. all the things that I've described to you. Okay. I also just want to double check because my character isn't super smart. Um, oh, yep. So that kind of, because like I have idea, like I'm reading this and I'm like maybe putting some pieces together, but how do I reconcile that with the fact that I'm a little bit of a dum dum? How much of a dum dum? Um, I have plus zero wisdom and plus one intelligence. Okay. 
<laughs> the plus one intelligence is okay because that means your intelligence is what, like thirteen? Yeah, it is thirteen. Okay, so you're not dumb. Okay, you're just not brilliant. Okay, and you've had hours and hours to go over this as you've traveled. Okay, so you've been dealing with these same handful of books for okay. like three days. Okay, let me. I'll roll a perception. Check okay. And see. 22. Oh, shit. What are you looking for? Just, I just want to, like, is there anything specifically? I'm thinking of this passage. There's a passage in the books written by Amara about these, like, flowers. And I'm curious if there's anything like that around. From what you can see, you can see kind of in the distance near the top of the spire, the tower, you can see some plants that don't quite look natural to the surroundings. Yeah. You can also see kind of some of these kind of plants around where the waterfall is. Okay. And down at the base of the lake as well. There's also the occasional vine that's growing on the tower that seems a little bit weird, but can't completely discern why or in what way. Uh, You also notice that there are windows and turrets and murder holes all over this tower. Like it's very well defended. Here's my thoughts so far, and they're not anything like super concrete, like I haven't connected all the dots, but my immediate thought, seeing this like bridge being all broken. So I've been reading in these books about how there's like this realm of the Fae, which is where I think we kind of were when we were with like Amar and Alam because all the colors and shit were weird. Mm -hmm. And so my thought is maybe this bridge isn't broken in this like other dimension that like exists at the same time. Oh, we know about the other dimensions. Yeah. Are we going to fuck with You know with that portals? other dimensions exist. This is true. Yeah. Because you've been in one. So my theory, but then so I was like, okay, well, how do we get to that other dimension? But the only thing I can really find in here is like the portal at the Standing Stones, which are at the top of the tower. So, mm-hmm. but that's my thought is like. Could someone use that climbing self? I don't know. The goo. The goo. The I goo. just think we might have to like go into this weird realm to like have a version of everything that isn't all like broken and like decrepit if that makes sense. And that's my book report. <laughs> <laughs> I give it an A. Oh and then there's like I, I can see these like weird there's like weird plant life. Maybe we should check this stuff down by the waterfall because I think we can get to that. You'd have to climb down. <sighs> okay. You could you oh, could or you could try to get to the waterfall that goes over the kind of end of the path as far as you can see on this on the side of the lake that you're on. So you could reach like where the that's waterfall is going sure. over this cliff. Koyram is just going to agree with you that yeah. he's heard of the Feywild. It's part of the teachings of his order, but everybody kind of just thinks of it as like legend. Oh, so that's not where we No, 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 no. He he thinks it's he's like his like interest is peaked and he's like this is something that that is so old like no one's really tested this oh i see juno is going to use primeval awareness and check and see how many orcs there are nearby (laughs) oh my god and he's going to see if there are multiple groups so we can tell whether or not they're all in the tower or whether they're down these paths at all listener gressel's head just went (laughs) straight to his hand i hate this fucking ability (laughs) i hate it so much as far as you can tell they are concentrated within the tower there are dozens i think we need to get to the top 
because the standing stones are on top. And I think if we somehow activate the standing stones, we'll go into this other dimension where there won't be orcs and there'll be a fixed bridge. Can anyone be a bird yet? No one in your party can turn into... Genevieve could turn into a bird. Yeah, she definitely can. Let me tell you about that. Would Genevieve and the others possibly... I mean, I can't see how they would still be alive. They would be eaten by now. But if there are ones alive, elves alive in the tower, would they be... Can't sense that, can you? Would they be in this other... No. Would they be in this other (laughs) realm or... If if we are to restore the, are, who are you asking? I'm, I'm well. I'm sort of because you're in a there. character voice. Yes, I'm. I'm putting it out there to to Zabbis. I know what's in this book. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, w- w- why do we want to go into this realm? Because I my theory is that because there's this other realm and it's hard to get to, you have to activate these standing stones apparently and go through a portal and it's like of magic and shit. My theory is that there's not orcs in this other dimension. It'll still be all the same stuff. We'll still have the tower and the beacon and everything will be the same but it's in another like layer of reality and there won't be orcs there. Zebus, could we enter the portal at the standing stones then come out of it at another time in order to do what we need to do for the beacon then perhaps surprise the orcs? I think so. I mean, the thing is like Koyrum cracks up and he says, wait, this is kind of hitting something. There was a member of my order, a legendary member of my order, who did a journey, I think. I, I studied it when I was in night school. You took night classes? No, K Was it Ben Mistwalker? Oh. That sounds familiar. I also studied that in night school in the bag just now. <laughs> <laughs> he made some journey through this other dimension, I think, doing what you just said, Juno, from one set of stones to another. But we're a long way away from That's why I didn't bring that up. From any known set of stones. Yeah, he says went in through Okay, he went in through this one, but he came out through the grove of the stream. That's which is like far away. A long way away. So that's why I didn't even like suggest it. Because that is a way we could do it, but the nearest one that I, Koirim, know of is back where we came from at Galamathir, the, the temple that we left from. And we'd have to go like all the way back. Why it... didn't you mention this earlier, Koirim? We didn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not a scholar. I'm a shitty knight. Amira, why didn't you tell us? I'm so mad. Guys, there's a bird in the tower. We could fa- we could we could be in the in the bag. Put it on the bird. Fucking go. You would trust a bird with our lives? The bird. bird, But the bird's in the tower. (laughs) The bird bird fly out of the tower? The bird is trapped by orcs. Do we have any bird freeing abilities? I hate that I only have knives. The behavior of these orcs is, I must say, very different than I know orcs to behave. It, It is rare for them to move in coordinated large numbers. They move in small war tribes, and they do not leave birds, elves, things alive. They kill them. Birds. Oh, I thought you said verbs. Like, seriously. They wouldn't leave those alive either. Zabbis, could there be other standing stones closer nearby, like hidden ones? Is that something? Uh... I don't know. Can we sense standing stones? There's rumors. It's been said that there's a hidden grove that has fallen to legend, once sealed away for an unknown purpose by the archdruids of old. Not much is known about the grove of the cave. 
beyond the fragments scholars have found in scrolls as old as the woods themselves. Navia! Marjorie starts screaming for <laughs> Navia. Screaming for the woods? Navia! Uh, yeah. You know anything about this uh, cave grove? Just kind of legends, like the book says. It, just we're vaguely aware that there might be a hidden one that's so old and we just kind of forgot. I have a question. Yes. <laughs> Can I roll to see if my amulet does stuff? Yeah, sure. What do, I don't know what kind That's of- Arcana. 15? The amulet that previously had just appeared to be a gray stone. Now, looking at it, you can see that there's swirling colors deep within it, but you can't necessarily discern what they're trying to say. Is this a goddamn mood ring? I touch the amulet with my finger. I poke it. Okay. It's hard. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just checking, guys. Can I, like, angle it towards the tower sure i do that okay when you angle it towards the tower you can kind of see some more colors come up in it it doesn't completely kind of light up but when you move it that direction the colors gather at one end of the stone but it's not completely on axis with the tower wait where's that pointing maybe this will take us to this other grove this hidden one which would be crazy that this has just been like in storage I'm very excited, but I'm also disappointed that this just got tossed in like a someone's junk drawer. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be the most well-run organization. No, maybe it's, it's like a compass. I think. Where's it pointing? It's pointing like not quite at the tower. Like it's pointing at something else. Let's Is it go pointing there. At the waterfall. I don't know. Let's just follow it and see what happens. Plan B is sticky salvin bag. Yes. There's also a plan C. Oh, which is you're right. That's that's that? true. Well, I could just roll the bone that? dice right now. Yeah. Oh, you're doing it. Oh shit! It? Oh. No gambling. Hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick main game announcements, and then we're gonna get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 20 of D and D and D. Be sure to follow us on social media at dndndpod or dndndpod on Instagram, or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. Thanks to everybody who's tweeted about the show. People like Just Digi at Digi underscore Just on Twitter, who says, Been marathoning the podcast and I'm loving it. Makes me want to get in D&D myself, actually. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Just Digi. And if you do want to get in D&D yourself, you can check out the episode description where there is an Amazon affiliate link that takes you to Amazon as if you search Dungeons and Dragons. And at that link, you can find all kinds of amazing D&D goodies from the core rulebooks and the starter set, which is a great thing to get if you are just getting into D&D, to dice and dice towers and play mats and everything you could possibly think of to enjoy a good Dungeons & Dragons session. So check that out if you're interested. Anybody, not just uh, just Digi, but, you know, just Digi, maybe check that out. And thank you to Turnip at Turnip37803320 on Twitter. Wow, there were that many Turnips on Twitter? Who says, the latest D&D&D pod came out on my birthday. What a great present. Well, happy birthday, Turnip. Uh, I hope you have as good of a day as any kind of root vegetable could ever hope for. That's it for me. We're going to get you right back to it. Thanks, everybody. Do what's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) 
Plan C what for chaos. What did you roll? A six and a three. From the bone dice grow five wax candles and a flint and steel. Great. That's useful as hell. Okay, but I'm scared of these candles. <laughs> yeah, what if you light them and they blow up? Or... Chels, what's Zavis's like, physicality when Juno rolled these dice? <laughs> Just like... <laughs> like, like Ace Ventura when he gets like the arrow. Oh uh, yeah, and his like, knees. Why? I'm like ripping my hair out. Marjorie's just having flashbacks to the, the portal situation and like how miserable is, like, that was. I normally just don't really care about stuff and ju- like I'm kind of whatever. But like, there's so much magic and shit here, and like I just I just know how fucked up shit can get when you just fuck with all kinds of different magic so close. <laughs> to itself it's bad mm, it's not wrong flack and i just shared a look and we, we thought we knew what to do <laughs> you got well he got some candles we got some yeah. candles. Oh my good goodness. roll dude thank you now yeah. uh, now we have candles for later so, i'm rolling right? a check on these Plan candles oh. i don't trust them they're okay. weird 16 yeah they're candles <sighs> okay they're made Marjorie of wax picks up the candles okay puts them in her <laughs> pocket <laughs> picks up the flint Puts it in another pocket and starts walking. Okay. Do you want the steel? No. Oh, uh, I grabbed the bone dice from the ground and I put them in my pocket. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so you're walking along like the edge, the path that's along the side the of the lake. The left side, yeah. So there's a cliff to your right and, that goes down and a cliff to your left that goes up. And as you get closer to the bridge, arrows start to fly toward you. Ooh, I'm going to dodge those. What would that be? Acrobatics? Yeah. I did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like 26. Yeah. So you step out of range of the arrow, so they're falling short. So you now kind of see what the range, the rest of you can kind of see what the range of the arrows is. What is it for is the, the murder holes? The it's about five feet in from the edge of the path. And they're flying out of the tower. Okay. This is when Marjorie's about a uh, hundred feet from the bridge. So now there's a gap between the edge of the mountain pass that you came out of and Marjorie and the bridge. What do you, the rest of you, want to do? I mean, I want to look at the amulet. Like Marjorie's ahead of you guys. I just want to see what direction this amulet is. Like, can I, I just want to look at that. Okay. And see what's up. You want to do an investigation check on that? Yeah. <laughs> Six plus one, seven. From where you're standing right now, it's not pointing at the tower, so it's pointing towards the waterfall and that mountain, but you're not exactly sure what exactly it is pointing at, but it's something that way. Is that where Marjorie's going? Marjorie's walking, yeah, kind of hooking around. Okay. Does it look like? But we there's could pass? there's a path split. So either we walk closer to the water, which is where we can get shot by arrows, or we walk above in the cliffside, which is further away and, and out of the range. But one's going to lead us to the bottom of the waterfall, and one's going to lead us presumably to the top of the waterfall. I could draw attention with my lightning bow, and then you guys could go run while I distract them, the arrow people. And Corbin pipes up and he says, "Yes, we could offer cover fire for the rest of you. We got moonbeams and lightning bows. Yeah, I can moonbeam this thing. Yeah, cool. Moonbeam uh, that bitch. Wait, what if you just moonbeamed the entire tower? Well, it's only a five foot cone. There you go. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound as cool. If you guys provide cover for us, that's cool. But then how do you guys catch up? We'll run. Koyram gathers the remaining four of you over to him and he says, I think our best chance is to just make a run for it. But I can call down the power of my goddesses and bless us with some extra oomph. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to call me a goddess, Koyram. Ha! From the distance. Uh, and oh, he, starts, he starts uttering a prayer in... Sylvan again, and this glowing silvery light kind of radiates from him. And all of you, all of you are bolstered by 10 hit points. 
Ooh. Uh, for the next eight hours. Oh, our, so that's our just max. current. Yeah, it's a, it's like above our max. Just bump up ten. Whatever wow. you have, bump it up ten. And now he says, "I think this might get us through if we just bolt it and and make for that that waterfall and don't look back. I think we can stay out of range of their bows." Juno could try and cast a uh, pass without a trace, which would be a veil of silence and shadows, masking anyone I choose within thirty feet. And it adds plus ten to dexterity checks, and no one leaves a trace or tracks. Anyone I choose within 30 feet. Oh. Anyone or everyone? Anyone, and I would choose all of you. And Corbin's kind of like, well, that's cool too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot about it for a while. I, I also just learned it. All right, so you all can pass without a trace. You want to... Like they can still see us. Leave snow. Yeah, us. they can still see you. Okay. Oh, so isn't it a veil of silence and shadows? I masking? I don't know. Okay. I look oh, at wow. my robe of many things to see if there's any... Thing that would oh any patches no keep us so invisible. that means we're we're invisible we're, though if we're veiled in shadow you would have to roll a stealth check but you all have plus 10 to that stealth check because of this spell there are a couple things that could potentially help you there's a rowboat patch mm-hmm. there's an oh, iron fun. door patch. oh let's make an iron door and then shield ourselves from the arrows that's the first time you've spoken up, Stormy. I know I got excited. <laughs> Feel like it'd be. Those are the only things though. that are kind of helpful oh, in this guys, situation. Yeah. That robe has a ton of shit on it. Marjorie just wants to go. Yeah, man. let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Let's, okay. go. let's, go. let's go. continue. Go. All right, so Whoa. you take off. I did twenty-seven. What? For what? Marjorie is basically invisible. Twenty-seven. Uh, Whatever that ten you rolled. Seventeen. Seventeen. You're you're like kind of jumping between shadows. Cool. 20. You're not quite as hidden and stealthy as Marjorie, but but they're they can't really see you through the mist of the waterfall and everything. Okay. 20. <laughs> Juno's pretty much gone. All right. Oh, I guess I should roll for Koirum. I got 28. Koirum got 30. So he's good too. Everybody's good. So you guys take off. They're still firing arrows in your direction. And as you're running from the top of the tower, you hear a large kachunk noise. And then you see a huge boulder flung over the side in your direction. Margin, you're ahead of it. But the rest of you make a dexterity roll. Ooh. 18. 18 is. 18. 18. Oh, we all got 18s? So y'all are good. I was going to say, can we all like team up and then punch it or something and explode? (laughs) But uh, but Koirim. Koirim? Koirim? The boulder flung by this catapult or trebuchet or whatever it was, you can't tell, catches Koirim in the legs as he's hanging back behind the rest of you and he's trapped beneath it. (gasps) Uh oh. Oh no. And he calls out in pain. Just screams. Uh, what are the rest of you? I cast do? levitate on the oh, nice. boulder. Boulder floats up. And then can I cast uh, cure wounds? I get him out of there first, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. We have to duck Let's into pick him the up. waterfall. Oh yeah, I can pick him oh, up. Oh, hey Zabis, is there any way you could float that boulder back onto the the tower nope. and get? Okay, never mind. <laughs> it could go straight up, and that's it. I'll pick up Koirim. All right, roll a strength roll. Scoop him up. 17. Okay, so you grab him, throw him over your shoulder. His legs, as far as you guys can tell, are toast. He's in bad shape. So you guys run. Arrows are flying. There's another huge rock that is flung. How far away is this? It I misses, thought it was right guys. here. Oh, yeah. Jesus. No, this one falls way short. So you get to the waterfall. There's this wall of water that's flowing off to your right, and then the rock face to your left when you walk behind the waterfall all the you know the ground is very slick it's all wet what's kind of the order of 
who's running first? I'm is in the front. Yeah. Marjorie's in the front? Yeah. I'm in the back. Okay, Marjorie, I... make a dexterity roll. 15. Okay, so as Marjorie passes uh, behind the waterfall, she starts to slip on the wet rocks and notices that there's an overgrown vine-covered hole underneath that she almost falls into oh but you kind of catch yourself so now you're grabbed onto the rock on one side and underneath you is this viney covering that's barely supporting your weight and you feel underneath it this hole okay she calls back very quickly like guys vine hole slow down (laughs) team juno halts and doesn't like do like a i don't know like a cartoon with like people like stacking up on top of each other like slows down appropriately You're covered from the tower, but you can still, at regular intervals, hear the kachunk of whatever is flinging these stones, and then pause, and then a splash. So they're still trying to get you. (laughs) Well, they know we're behind the waterfall. Right. Hmm. How? We all stealthed super good. Koirim didn't. Fucking And then Koirim. And then Fletch had to pick up Koirim. They yeah. could probably guess where we were going if we were going for cover. Yeah. Koirim, are you all right? He's like in shock. He's like shaking. He passed out. Will, would cure wounds do anything for him? You can try it. Uh, yeah, I've always wondered this when it comes to RPGs. When someone's bones are crushed, will a potion work? Yeah. Or is a potion like just Harry Potter? Like... Yeah, I'm going to cast it at a second level. So that's, uh, so tw- uh, 12. All right. So you heal for 12 points of damage. And as you cast this spell, you can see where the broken bones are kind of jutting out from his skin, start to move back into place. The cuts and bruises heal up a little bit. But upon kind of closer look, you see that this caught part of his back <gasps> and it doesn't look good for Koirim walking from any kind of magical healing means that you here possess. Oh, shoot. Whoa. Oh, man, he's like shivering. Your spell kind of calmed his shock, but he's he's still kind of like looking down at his legs and he's really freaking out. Koirim, do you have any magic? Koirim does have healing magic as a paladin, but he's too, too in shock to really realize that right now. And he's trying to figure out, process what's going on. Like he, you know, already was scared of what was going to happen. And, and you know everything was looking like they had you we, we had a plan and then and then that rock came out of nowhere and and he's just thinking about the sound Koirim, Koirim. and Marjorie grabs <sighs> grabs his face in her little tiny little tiny grubby little grubby fingers so she's like Koirim, remember what we talked about everything ends but things <laughs> change is good change is okay change we can deal with I, di- I didn't need to say that everything ends part. <laughs> Pretend I didn't say that. Things change, and change is not bad. We'll do this together. We'll find a solution for this problem. I'm, I'm just out of desperation because I don't know what to do. I rip the iron door patch off my robe and just, like, do it somewhere. Like, off to my side where it won't intersect with anyone. Okay, a huge iron door materializes out of this patch and then clangs against the cliff face and is now just kind of leaning there. You've managed to create a kind of lean-to structure. Marjorie takes... It's just a fucking door. Or Marjorie asks Stormy to, to help pull Koyram to underneath the door to set up a little little camp. Little camp. All right, that yeah. sounds good. We haven't actually inspected the no, area. No, you have not. So you guys look around and what oh, you yeah. see is the waterfall on one side 
side, the cliff face on the other, there's viney covering that Marjorie discovered kind of by accident. And there's a hole underneath that leads to somewhere that you cannot discern, but it is not a shallow hole. You kind of feel kind of an updraft coming from it. Does someone cast like a light thing down there? We have candles. Oh, we have light a light candle, candle and drop it! Do that. We have candles. Marjorie takes out a candle, <laughs> takes out the flint, holds out her hand. Here's the steel. Thank you. <laughs> Lights one of the candles, peers over the viney hole. She has to open up the vines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulls apart some of the vine and then gingerly drops. You know what? No. She snaps the tip off the candle, so it's only the top part, so she still has the remaining bit of the candle. Smart. I won't waste it. And then drops it and watches. It drops about 30 feet, stays lit, evidently slightly magical candle, and then hits a stone surface. And you can tell that this is not just like rock. It's carved stones that have been set there. And it looks like from the way that the, the flame on the candle is is blowing, that there's some sort of, of air current coming from the direction of the mountain. Face. Hey, Juno. Hi. Great move with these candles. Thank you. Inspiration to both of you. <laughs> yes. And not me. I came up with the idea. That's true. Inspiration to... Yes. Oh, I already had it. It's fine. Okay. I, I shared eye contact with Flack. Flack supported my idea. That's true. So inspiration, inspiration's around. There we go. Hey. Chelsea made the door. Chelsea did do the door. <laughs> Zappas did, not Chelsea, sorry. I think I would like to leave Pete here to guard. Oh, good move. Rim. Yeah. Someone should go down into the hole, climb down. rope? Yeah. Oh. I, do. I, have I think rope. We, all, we all have We rope. all have rope. <laughs> all right. I'll go we'll down. I'm little. Do you want the cloak just in case? Yeah. Marjorie takes off her bloody feather cloak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ten extra bear feathers. Oh, owl, yeah. owl bear feathers. <laughs> Thanks. I put it on. And then you climb down? I'm climbing down. As you climb down, you see that this is like a built chamber. There were sentient beings of some kind constructed this space that you're in. It's carved stone bricks. As you're kind of rappelling down, you can see that there are traces of old worn handholds. Like there used to be a way to get up this. It would take a pretty skilled climber to use these handholds now. And when you reach the bottom, you see a tunnel that leads deeper into the mountain. What do you do? I relay all that information up top. What do you guys do? You all climb down? No. It sounds like the opposite of what we want to do right now. I have a question about the flowers. Zabbis, weren't there supposed to be flowers down here? No, I just like sensed that there was weird plant life. I don't think it was flowers. What's your uh, amulet sense? There aren't. Yeah, what's the amulet doing? What is it? It's now brighter colored stone. So instead of like a dull kind of gray color that it was originally, now it is kind of um, swirling mm-hmm. in pinks and purples and oranges. And looking around, you see that the some of the vines that had created this covering are colored to match the colors that are kind of swirling in this amulet. That's what's doing. Is it pointing somewhere? And it's just kind of it's swirling. swirling. This must be the place. Could the other set of standing stones be nearby? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Who has okay. gems in there? You want me to drop a gem? Or like put it by the vine? Because in the book, it's like put it by like a... Is there pink? There's some pink vines. Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, that. Marjorie takes out... Let's see. What 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 one does Marjorie want? <laughs> I have a white gem. Sure. I'm going to take out the white gem and okay. put it down next to a pink vine. The pink vine kind of starts to glow. 
and you okay. follow the glow with your eyes and it goes down the hole and Flack can see it kind of pass him and, and like jet down a glowy wiggle that like wiggles down this vine down deeper into the corridor and you see it kind of disappear uh, past your field of vision. See, aren't you glad I held on to these? Why did that just happen? Because you didn't do your homework and you don't know. I was outside the bag. I was <laughs> doing other things. No, in the in the book, there's a passage that Amaro wrote where she was like doing some experiments with these flower bulbs. What's it say? Um. Uh, so after okay, so diary. Do I have some good news? <laughs> after that was Amaro, by the way. <laughs> after meeting, after meeting, after ugh, meeting. <laughs> I was finally able to get back to working with those flowers I was telling you about. The weird ones with the purple stems, orange thorns, and multicolored bulbs that were growing around the stones. I just could not figure out how to get them to bloom. I was ready to give up, so I took a silver knife to cut a flower to press an archive. Well, when I brought the knife close to the flower, it started to open, and when I touched the silver to the bulb, it bloomed and glowed. I tried it with another bulb, but it didn't work. Working from there, I deduced that the flowers with blue bulbs respond to metal, the pink bulbs respond to gemstones, and the yellow oh, the yellow bulbs to sunlight. Isn't science great? <laughs> <laughs> but it was the red bulbs that were the most interesting. I spent all night trying to figure out how to open the red bulbs. I tried fire, magic energy, lightning, poisons, and potions of all sorts. I tried music and laughter and singing. You know how good of a singer I am, but nothing worked. I was so mad that I threw the pot across the room and in a rage called down all the magic I could muster to to destroy the damned thing. And it was in that moment just before I obliterated its existence that the red bulb bloomed. You see, Diary, the red ones respond to rage. She sounds balanced, Stormy. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I like like a woman who's got her work cut out for her to... to, uh, I don't know, man. I just like her. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, this group can get fiery, so I think we won't have a problem with any red bulbs. I think we should words. just go down that tunnel. <laughs> yes, let's follow the the light that was created. Marjan turns to Koirim and kneels down next to him because he's still in shock, right? Oh, yeah. He's still freaking out. She pulls from her sack her campaign Meemaw t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and she hands it to him and says, here, here we'll be back. But... While you're here hanging out with Pete, I just wa- I just wanted to give you something of mine to hold on to, to know that I'm thinking about you. He reaches over, labored, reaches over and, and takes it and gratitude kind of cuts through the fear and pain on his face. That's my favorite t-shirt, Koirim. You can't lose that. <laughs> I promise I'll, I'll hold on to it. And he like clutches it to his chest. Then he reaches up and he takes off his helm and he gives it to you margarine and he says i know this probably won't fit but there may be a time when it can help you see something that might not otherwise be there do you like do you remember the path when we first left the city i don't i don't know anything about where you might go but this might be important and i can't I can't go with you. We'll be back. I need that t-shirt back, Koirim. It'll be right here. And he kind of half smiles and looks over to Pete. And he's like, Pete will protect me. Does he know what campaign you want? Or is it just like a really weird shirt? (laughs) (laughs) He has no idea. Steep cuts. Marjorie takes off her pirate hat. 
puts on oh. the oversized helm and then puts her pirate back, oh, hel- puts her pirate hat back on top. And that is what she looks like. <laughs> I just, that just made me remember that Flack has a glove on his head. Yeah. That's oh, right. Yeah. And now I have the, uh, the feather. Come oh, on. God. So I'm fully chicken so out. like a straight up Fold. rooster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at this, you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. So after that touching moment and then rooster realization, do you guys hop down into the hole? Let's, let's go yep. some I, I tell Quirim that, hey man, I like what you're about and you're hot stuff. And I go down the rope. Okay, so you're down and you're in this tunnel. As you go deeper and deeper down into the tunnel, light from the uh, opening above starts to fade away. But instead of darkness, what starts to happen is that the vines around the walls start to light up in that bioluminescent light that you saw when you were at the temple back at Galamathir. And again, the colors you never imagined before. It's all purples and pinks and oranges and reds and weird blues and and greens that shouldn't be green. And it opens up into this huge underground cave full of just plants like you'd never seen before. Giant mushrooms the size of trees and flowers that, that almost appear to be dancing. At the other end of this chamber, you see this huge wooden door made of the same black oak that... The castle at Night's Pass and the tree of Galamathir is made from. And that's where we'll leave off. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. That was fun. D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold. Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D. Are you mining World 2? World 2? Yeah, we see we got this helmet <laughs> thing uh. from our uh, very badly injured friend, who, and this helmet lets us see... Uh, well, I never got to wear it exactly, so Marjorie and... We don't need to tell them everything. Let me explain. (laughs)